Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word, that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that had been seen at its rising preceded them, until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. The call of God comes to each one of us in a different way. But it comes, although sometimes we may not recognize it, at least not right away. We've seen that during this Christmas season so many times, the rather dramatic call of God to Zechariah, to the Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, to the shepherds, and now to these strange men, the Magi the wise men. They are being called, although they don't know it. In a sense, they do, but not completely. But they will learn before they are finished. We are simply told that they appeared. They are mentioned in St. Matthew's Gospel, but not in St. Luke. St. Luke mentioned shepherds, but not magi. There are even those who would suggest that they didn't exist. This is simply Matthew's way of telling us that the Gentiles are now part of the kingdom of God. Sorry, I don't accept that. This is told not as a fanciful story, but as something that happened. In fact, it's something that very likely would have happened in the ancient world, particularly given who these people probably were. We don't know much about them. They were probably Medes. 
The Medes had at one time revolted against the Persians and had lost. And then they didn't go to war again. They became great scholars. They were known as wise men throughout the entire Roman Empire. They were also astrologers. Most people were in those days. The skies were strange. If you don't understand them, you can make any number of things out of them. And so, it, so they did. They studied the stars to see what they could learn. And so they suddenly are, have an experience of some celestial manifestation. We don't know what it was. There are all kinds of conjectures, good ones, some of them. But we don't know exactly what it was. But something spoke to them of a king and a particular place in Judea. So they set out. Notice their obedience. We keep seeing that, don't we, in the scriptures? Obedience. They're obedient to what they are called to do, even though they don't know what it means completely. And they're more than that. They're symbols of us and our journey to the Lord. It's not an easy journey. We, we take travel for granted, don't we? We're so accustomed to going where we want to go quickly and easily. But you know in the ancient world it wasn't like that. It was rough. You had to walk. You might have a beast, maybe a horse or a camel, maybe. Even then it was rough. And it was a long journey. And it was a dangerous journey because of robbers along the way. All the main highways had thieves along them. But they were going to go where they had to go, no matter what it cost them, however painful it might have been. Most of us would say, I'm not going to endure that. But they went um, because they in some way knew that they were called, even though they didn't understand the call. So they follow the star, whatever it was, this idea, this concept. And all of this will be destroyed. They don't realize that when they, re when they return, they will be very different men. Their superstitions will be gone. Their paganism will be shattered. They set out, and they go, and they arrive, and they arrive in Jerusalem. And they ask, where is the king? And of course, we are told that Herod was troubled. You know Herod was paranoid, frightened. And of course, all Jerusalem would be with him as well. Like I've mentioned Herod's problems before, uh, his suspicion. He'd murdered two sons and a wife. And Augustus Caesar said it was safer to be his pig than to be his son. They play on words in there somewhere, but I've forgotten what it is. Uh, so Herod is troubled. He shouldn't be. This child hasn't come for his kingship. He's come for something very different. He's come to save Herod, but Herod wants none of it. And so they ask where. So they bring in the chief priests and the scribes and say, where is the child to be born? The anointed one. And they tell him, Bethlehem. Did they go? There wasn't a single chief priest or scribe in Bethlehem. They weren't there. But the Magi do go because they want to find this one they've come to see even though they don't yet know who he is. Um, they know that it means something beyond the ordinary. You notice that at the, the birth of our Lord, the people who are there are not the movers and shakers. There are no chief priests, no scribes, no Herod, 
none of them. We see two types of people. The shepherds, who symbolize the poor and the ignorant, and the magi, who symbolize the pagans, uh, the Gentiles, and the intelligentsia. They are wise men. That's who we see there. And they come in humility, too, to see this child. And we are told that the star leads them there, and they enter the house, and they find the child with Mary, his mother. And there is no mention of St. Joseph, only the Blessed Mother. They find him with her. Again, the role that she plays. She, too, is the obedient one, as, of course, our Lord is the obedient one. And when they prostrate themselves. They worship this child, um, as we do. We come here to do the same thing as they did. Um, but are we changed? Their paganism will be shattered by this. They will be, as I said, completely different people when they leave, with a completely different message. Are we different? What idols do we still have? What still is there in us that seeing this child should change immediately? We have to think about that in our lives. Are we radically transformed by what we have experienced here? The gifts we know, it's interesting. You know, the number, the scriptures tell us, don't tell us how many of them there were. In the East, they thought there were 12. I don't know where they came up with 12. Maybe as with the 12, you know, 12 apostles, 12 tribes of Israel, anyway. In the West, we've made three of them because there are three gifts. We've even given them names. Casper, Melchior, Balthazar. But we don't really don't know. In any event, they give them these gifts. The gifts we know, we just sang about them. But there's more to it than that, too. Because as with the shepherds, they are here to see this child and to proclaim what he has come to do. The shepherds are there because he's the Lamb of God who will be sacrificed for the redemption of humanity. And the magi, the wise men, well, their gifts, we know, gold for a king, all right? But frankincense. Frankincense, of course, is for a god, but also for a priest, the priest who offers the sacrifice, except in this case, the priest is offering the gift of himself. The priest and the victim are the same. So he's priest uh, and God offering himself for the sake of humanity. So the cross is there with the Magi too, as it was with the shepherds. And finally, myrrh, the burial ointment. Our Lord was buried with a hundred pounds of it. So they bring that as well as a sign of what he has come to do and what he will be. Notice the the star disappears, because once the star is there, our Lord becomes the light of the world, and there's no longer any need for a star once he's been seen. So the Gentiles now are part of this, too. And the pagans, well, the paganism is gone, and they, as I said, are radically different people because of what they've experienced. Well, you and I have the same thing, except more so. We see him, and we even receive him if we're able, more than the Magi ever did. But are we transformed by what we see and what we receive, who it is that comes into us and who it is that is present with us uh, in all of this? Uh, it's really quite wonderful to think of those two types of people. Uh, what's that to the Lord? Lord, when the wise men from afar led to thy cradle by a star and to the shepherds did rejoice 
instructed by the angel's voice. Blessed were the wise men in their skill, and shepherds, too, their harmless will. Two wonderful sets of people, and you and I are asked to in some way follow them, and we are given a great deal more than they were to do it. So uh, we then now will go on to be followers. But they took back what they had seen. We must take it back, too. We must take out from here what we have received. Go back to our own country, so to speak, with what we have, and that the world may know in us. And they will know when they see us that we have seen something that they, too, want to see and received something that they, too, want to receive. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we give you thanks for the manifestation of your Son, his epiphany. We trust in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always be visible signs, epiphanies of what they have seen and received. The Church suffering, the Church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, they may seek Jesus Christ and in his church find him. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering, for those who suffer from loneliness, depression, despair, that they may know that they are witnessing Jesus Christ in their own sufferings and manifesting him to the world in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost light, we pray to the Lord. For a greater respect for human life, especially the unborn, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, especially from our own parish and diocese, those young men and women who will be epiphanies, manifestations of Jesus Christ to our world, for a greater reverence uh, for the visible sign of marriage and a single life, we pray to the Lord. For our administrator, our bishop, whomever he may be, uh, our priests, deacons, seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that they will truly manifest Jesus Christ to our world through their holiness, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are suffering as a result of the winter storm, for all those traveling, they may travel in safety. We pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, especially those who died recently in violence, the violence in Florida, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. For Philip Johnson, who was ordained to the priesthood yesterday, that he too will always be a visible sign of God's love and God's presence, we pray to the Lord. And for all of us here, that we truly may be a light to the world and always reflect the Eucharist that we have received, 
people will see in us what we have received and seen. We pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of God as we sing. (laughs) 